morning, Texas. Welcome to Justice for All, the Wyatt Wright Show. I'm Wyatt Wright, and on this show we talk about our rights and the laws that govern us. Rights you've heard about and care about and would certainly miss if they were gone. I've spent half a lifetime watching government going from trying to do what's right and failing to trying to do what's wrong and succeeding. Each year, more and more of our personal rights are erased from the books, while Americans stand idly by, not because we don't care, of course we care, but we're busying our lives trying to feed our family and raise our kids. And while we're doing all this, the water temperature around us is rising, like that metaphorical frog that gets boiled without ever knowing it. On this show, we discuss legal issues that affect you and me, the people of Texas. We take a hard look at the laws that affect your freedom, your ability to access the courts, to vote, speak freely, or in short, just to live the American dream. Stick around. Today we'll be reaching out to Houston, Texas, to visit with attorney Mike Doyle, a lawyer representing workers' rights all across the state. Let's go ahead and jump right in and get wet. Hot off the presses, Texas. Hot off the presses. The Supreme Court of Texas has swung another baseball bat into the rib cage of Texas workers. If you're an employee or have a loved one who's an employee, you'll want to listen to this. And I mean any employee. This covers just about every working citizen out there, except those who are truly, truly self-employed. Today we're going to talk about an opinion by our Supreme Court, which was handed down on January 27th, 2012. It's a fresh opinion, and it's entitled Port Elevator versus Casados. But first, some background. Workers' compensation insurance. We've talked about it before on this show. It's designed to provide financial assistance to employees who are injured on the job. The law allows an injured employee's medical bills to be paid and for the employee to recover a portion of his or her lost wages, but only for a limited amount of time. For employees, the benefit of such insurance is that it's not necessary to show that the employer was negligent in causing the injuries in order to recover benefits. In theory, this should make it easier for injured workers to get benefits paid. However, in several rulings by the Texas Supreme Court on this very topic, the workers' compensation system has been flipped on its head, stood upside down, and it's been turned into a windfall for corporations and insurance companies and a wasteland for employees statewide. Now, unlike the laws in every other state, Texas law allows employers to choose whether or not to offer workers' compensation insurance for its employees. If an employer decides not to offer such coverage, then it loses certain defenses that it might be able to raise if they were negligent and such negligence injured somebody that's an employee. On the other hand, if an employer purchases workers' compensation insurance coverage, then any injured employee is absolutely barred from ever suing his employer for a job site injury, with just a few exceptions, such as intentionally hurting somebody and so forth. But instead, an injured employee only has recourse against the insurance company that provides the coverage. 
Now, if you're a regular listener to this show, you're familiar with that other Supreme Court ruling uh, that we talked about just recently, Texas Mutual Insurance versus Ruttiger. In that case, you will recall the Texas Supreme Court overturned a jury verdict and said that citizens cannot sue workers' compensation insurance companies. Here's the kicker. Even when those companies deliberately act unfairly and in bad faith by denying valid claims. We talked about that before. But let's make sure that we're clear about how this works. If you're a Texas employee injured on the job, and it's due to your employer's negligence, you are barred from suing your employer for the negligence and can only look to the insurance company. But if that insurance company flat out denies the claim for no reason, then under the Ruttinger opinion, you are barred from suing that insurance company. Nice, right? Yeah, that's the state of the law in Texas. But the bar against suing your employer for its negligence only exists when the employer purchases coverage for the employees. Now, that makes sense, right? I mean, if an employer wants the benefit of the liability shield, then it has to get insurance that covers its workers. In fact, the exact language from the Workers' Compensation Act says that recovery of workers' compensation benefits is the exclusive remedy of an employer covered by workers' compensation insurance. Did you get that, ladies and gentlemen? It's the exclusive remedy for an employee, and I'm going to emphasize this, covered by workers' compensation insurance. So the legislature only allowed the liability shield when an employer has the coverage. That covers the employee in question. So it has to be covering that employee. If an employer has a policy that covers everybody except John Doe, then the employer should have no liability shield for injuries it causes to John Doe. Does that make sense? You have to have the coverage in order to have the shield. Well, that is until January 27th of 2012. That's when the Texas Supreme Court rewrote the law that the legislature had passed. And in Port Elevator versus Casado, the high court said that the test for the liability shield isn't whether the employee was covered, but whether the employer had a policy in place. You heard me right. That's insane and is not what the legislature wrote into law. Remember, the legislature said that Recovery of workers' comp benefits is the exclusive remedy for an employee covered by insurance. But the Supreme Court said that's not what it means. What it really means is it's the exclusive remedy if the employer was covered or had the policy in the first place. Ladies and gentlemen, the statute could not be more clear and sensible as written, but the Supreme Court set out to insulate a big corporation and did so at the expense of the death of a hardworking Texan by clearly ignoring written law to suit an agenda. Let me tell you, Texas Governor Rick Perry has made it clear that he is opposed to activist judges who don't follow the clear law, but who instead make it, make it up uh, case by case just to suit an agenda. I guess that means he is furious with the Supreme Court over this ruling. He should be. Coming up, we'll be checking into the mailbag to see what you have to say to me, so stick around for that. But the Supreme Court of Texas has told us that as far as they are concerned, just having the comp policy is all that counts. Whether there is true coverage is not their problem. But wait a minute. It's the employee's problem. 
Now, the Supreme Court says, yeah, that's a problem between the employer and the insurance company. But ladies and gentlemen, how does the injured employee get relief in a fight between the employer and the insurance company? So in this situation, there are three parties involved. Party number one, the savvy employer who gets absolute immunity just for having a policy. The employer has no incentive to go to bat for the employee. Party number two, the big and powerful insurance company who is absolutely immune from any bad faith suits because of the the holding in Ruttinger. There's no incentive there. And party number three, the non-powerful, ordinary human being who is injured and has no control over the employer's decision to purchase the insurance but is bound by it and has absolutely no recourse if the other two parties decide to abandon him. This isn't right, Texas. Do we really want courts to interpret our laws as only benefiting the rich and powerful corporations while, I don't know, leaving the rest of us, common man, swinging in the wind? Not very fun and not something I'm excited about. Well, we're going to reach into the mailbag see what people have to say to me. As always, if you have something to say, send it to me at speakup at wyattwrightshow.com. Speakup at wyattwrightshow.com. Today we have an email from Sammy in Austin who writes, thank you for your show examining the record of the Supreme Court of Texas. I wasn't sure that it was really all that bad, but after I looked into it, you're absolutely right. Some of these opinions are so bad that I would think the people would be really mad. Why aren't these heard of? Well, thanks, Sammy. Uh, You know, here's the thing, and I hope you'll tell your friends and neighbors, because the bottom line is that it's always tough to get people interested in government unless they're personally affected by the decisions that it makes. These rulings ought to scare every Texan because they apply to everyone. Spread the word, my friend. Here's a reminder, you're listening to Justice for All, the Wyatt Wright Show. On this program, we point out and discuss the ever-increasing disappearance of our American rights. We've been talking about a case today, and uh, in order to help us do that, we've got a guest. Uh, Joining us today is Mike Doyle. He is a Houston attorney and a partner at the law firm of Doyle Raisner, where he represents injured people in their claims against the bad faith practices of insurance companies. He has a specific focus on workers' compensation insurance and maritime law. Mike is board certified in personal injury law by the Texas Board of Legal Specialization. And he's also a past president of the Houston Trial Lawyers Association. Mike, thank you for joining us today on the Wyatt Wright Show. Hey, thank you for letting me be here, Wyatt. Well, listen, you know, we've been talking so far about the damages being caused to the workers' compensation law in Texas. And on a previous show, we talked about the Rutger case and how it eliminated the rights of, of those uh, harmed by the compensation insurance companies. Uh, you were one of the lawyers representing Tim Ruttinger on that case. So you have seen firsthand this devastation that's being done to our system in Texas, haven't you? Uh, absolutely. We're not completely dead. It's not complete immunity, but they're trying their hardest to get there. Yeah, and I suppose that, you know, we could carve out all sorts of, of, of hypothetical scenarios where there might be some sort of relief, but for the lion's share uh, purposes, for, for, the, for the, the most cases that you see, aren't we looking at the case where there's really no relief left uh, to uh, hold insurance companies accountable for such bad faith? Very, very, it's, it's getting harder and harder, let's put it that way. Actually, Tim's case, we fought for six years. It's still on, on rehearing appeals, so we're not completely out. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, hopefully uh, there's going to be some good news there, but you never can tell. Now, there's been a succession of Supreme Court cases in the last several years 
that have chipped away at workers' rights here and there. But in August of 2011, that was the big blow. That was the, the one we've been talking about uh, in the Ruttinger case. But now here we are, Mike, in January of 2012. And the same high court has let an insurance company get away with talking out of really, I, I guess, both sides of its mouth. Can you tell us a little of the background in Port Elevator versus Casados? Absolutely. And, the, and, and one of the kind of crazy things is it's the same insurance company, the largest insurance company in oh, Texas, really? Texas Mutual. Uh, and in the Casados case, they denied benefits for workers' compensation to the family of this fellow killed out there working for Port Elevator as a temporary employee, saying he wasn't their employee, and then turned around and hired lawyers for the employer to say, oh, no, no, they really do have comp. You can't sue them either. But wasn't um, that kind of changing the story midstream? It's 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 saying two different stories. So, well, actually, what it is is heads I win, tails you lose, both ways. Which story do you want? And right. at the end of the day, we're not paying anything. Right, and that's a real shame that it continues to go that way. But Casado's main argument was that there was no coverage. I, I mean, I, I guess it seems that the argument there is thus there's no immunity from suit. So, in support of showing that there was no coverage. Casados, who, by the way, uh, perished. It was his parents that they came in and said, look, there were no premiums paid. The policy didn't cover him. Texas Mutual denied coverage. Isn't this exactly the type of situation, Mike, where uh, the law seems to indicate that there is no immunity because there's no coverage? Yeah. I mean, if, if you don't have to pay money because the insurance company says in an official file in the state of Texas, this guy is not insured, he's not covered, mm-hmm. they didn't pay premiums, he's not an employee, and, and then turn around and say, oh, by the way, when the family says, we'll take you at your word, file a suit, try and get some kind of remedy for the surviving family, they say the exact opposite story and get away with it. Yeah, That's, that's outrageous. Yeah. And so, and so what, what would, what, reading between the lines here, what would the Supreme Court have had the Casados family do differently? Well, that's the crazy thing. There, there is no nothing they should have done or could have done differently. Uh, they filed filed the procedure. You know, assumed that since he was working out there doing the job for these folks as a temporary employee, he was covered by comp. It turns out that for years the employer had specifically been saying, folks like Mr. Casados who are temporary employees, we're not paying any benefits, we're not paying any premiums. People get hurt out there; they're not covered. But as soon as one of these fellows is killed, the story becomes absolutely positively he's not our employee until they get sued in a negligent suit when the story changes. Well, that's amazing. If if companies like Port Elevator can take the position that they're not their employees and they're telling these folks that, look, you're not our employee, we're not paying premiums for you, we're not taking any action towards protecting you in the workers' comp arena – you know, I'm having a hard time not understand or understanding that that is not exactly the type of of express decision not to provide compensation coverage that the statute speaks to and says, look, guys, that's fine. That's your election. But you're not going to have immunity as a result. Well, and, you know, not being directly involved, but spending time talking with the lawyers that were and reading through the court file. What's also pretty amazing was that in this particular case, they had made a deliberate decision and had represented to Texas Mutual Insurer, folks like Mr. Casados, we do not want them covered. We don't want to pay. We're not paying the benefits out to these folks if they're hurt on the job. And they had done that for years, not just before this happened, but even after. 
Wow. Pretty amazing. Yeah, and, and, and you know, I, I'm trying to extrapolate here, and I'm thinking that that really means that if you actually don't have a policy in place, uh, and it's the agreement of the parties that there's no policy in place, and by that I mean between the employer and the insurance company, uh, to cover a specific group of employees, that even in that case – the employer is still immune. It, we don't get to look at their intent, uh, according to the Supreme Court case. Is that correct? Yeah, and in, in the, in the, taking it even a step further, what this means is, depending on how serious and how much money they might have to pay, after the fact, the employer and or the insurer get to decide what story they're going to run with. Oh, that's just insane. Listen, if you've just tuned in, you're listening to Justice for All, the Wyatt Wright Show. On this program, we point out and discuss the ever-increasing disappearance of our American rights, and we're being joined on the phone right now with uh, by attorney Mike Doyle. He's from Houston. He's a partner at Doyle Razor, and he specializes in these types of cases representing uh, injured workers and people injured in maritime law. Mike, even if... Texas Mutual didn't have an obligation to pay in this case, as the Supreme Court seems to suggest. How is a bad faith claim supposed to be made against Texas Mutual in light of the Rutger case? Well, and, and the, the, right now, the, the story on Tim's case, and I tried that case in 2006, which is kind of crazy thinking about that, but, and he's been fighting that long for an injury that occurred back in 2004. What the Supreme Court has said right now, or at least five of the judges, is that there's still what's called a common law, kind of a, a court case that recognized insurers that have all this power over injured workers can be held liable. It's still alive for now, but what they did in Rudiger, at least five of them, is say the law is on the books, the consumer protection statutes, the insurance code, to protect insurers. Uh, workers' comp insurers are somehow immune from those statutory, those mm -hmm. laws on the books specifically to protect consumers. You still have some remedies, but the, the, the extra stick of the insurance code that was done to protect consumers, they've taken them off the hook for that and said that somehow this kind of insurer who engage in some of the most outrageous contract I've right. seen are immune from those provisions. Right. So the, the, the very provisions that were designed to facilitate and encourage insurance companies to do the right things are, are, are the statutes that are being stricken. They just basically said that somehow, without saying it, this, the Texas legislature, which passed these laws some years ago to protect consumers, without saying so, that they were able to find in the unwritten rule, which that's that's the hard sure. part because you can't look and can't find look it, it, that that somehow was taken away from injured workers alone among all the insurance policyholders in the entire state. Sure. Well, now, here, Mike, what I'd like to do, I want to boil this, if I can, all the way down and try and make the concepts black and white in the, in the Port Casado, uh, Port Elevator versus Casado's case. So, in short, the Workers' Compensation Act was designed with a simple intent in mind, and that was to encourage participation in the program by giving certain and easy access to benefits for the workers, uh, who work for employers. And in return, there's freedom from suit to the employer. And it's done this way. If the employer provides coverage to the employee, then the employer gets the immunity. Now, here's my question. It seems to me that a simple kindergarten exercise can tell us that if an employer doesn't provide the coverage, then it shouldn't get the immunity. Am I wrong? That's the trade-off. You've boiled it down exactly right. Okay. That's the deal. 
Well, and it's funny because after this opinion, I did go home and I had this conversation with my seven-year-old daughter. And, and the way I did it, you know, I didn't want to discuss the complexities of the legal case. What I did is I said, listen, uh, first of all, I promised her that if she cleaned up her room, then she'd be allowed, allowed to go outside and ride her bike. Then I asked her what would happen if she didn't clean her room. And she says, well, Daddy, then I can't go ride my bike. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, she gets it. If you, you only get item B if you perform item A, and that's what drives me nuts in this case, because if you don't provide that coverage, you don't get the immunity shield. But I guess we're wrong, says the Supreme Court. Any thoughts? No, I, I think you bowled it down exactly right, and that's what you do such a good job of is that's what's so distressing or problematic or really troubling this allows the insurance company and or the employer to change the deal after the fact, this solemn right. promise, if they say, you're hurt, we're going to cover you, or not. They change that deal after the fact to suit whatever financial motivation they're looking at at that time, while the family of the injured or killed worker sure. has to fight this battle when they keep changing the story. Well, that's right. And, and you know, something that I've, I've mentioned before is that there's this concept that, that – that uh, uh, laws that are on the books are really the state's promises to its citizens, and it's the court's job to be the enforcers of those promises. And when we have a, a, a either many courts or the Supreme Court in this case that refuse to enforce those promises or just eviscerate them, then those types of broken promises mean that we can't trust any of the laws where consumers are involved. That's what I'm worried about. I want to get your thought on some things here. Let's see. The, the Supreme Court in the Port Elevator case, it said that uh, – employers and insurance, you get to have your cake and eat it too. We're going to give you immunity, even though you didn't live up to your end of the bargain, which is the way you just phrased it, Mike. Uh, and if you didn't do that, that we don't care. We're going to give you immunity anyway. I know we've said it 14 times. Tell me again, is that, am I getting that right? Is there some hope there that I'm reading this wrong? Uh, not the way the Supreme Court wrote that decision. I mean, there literally is no money being paid by the largest insurer in the state of Texas yeah. for the death of this man. Just insane. Now, the court in this case tries to make it sound, I think, after reading the opinion, like they, they care about employees in Texas. In fact, in eliminating the distinction between Casados' temporary agency or port elevator, uh, which is where he was working, I guess, assigned, that's where he was assigned, correct, to work by the temporary agency? Exactly. Okay, so in eliminating this distinction between the temporary agency and port elevator, the court said, quote, an employee should not be placed in the position of trying to determine, perhaps at his or her peril, which of two entities was his employer on any given day, end quote. Now, that sounds nice, but that wasn't Casados' problem. His problem was that the coverage wasn't provided, right? Well, and that's exactly it. It doesn't eliminate that risk. You still have, in this exact case, the, the insurer saying he's not covered, and they've got away with that. Sure. Yeah, and, and I'm wondering if a better rule would, would have been uh, an employee shouldn't be placed in the position of inserting himself into the argument over coverage between an employer and its insurer. I mean, if the employee receives benefits, if it receives the benefits of the provided coverage, then the employer gets immunity. Otherwise, it doesn't. Mike, to me, that sounds like a simple test. Did they receive the coverage that they were promised or not? And if they didn't, then there's no immunity. What do you think about that test? I think that makes it real simple because if, if you're taking the benefit of the insurance and your your family, in this case, gets paid for your death, then obviously it wouldn't be fair. But the flip side, which is what's happening here, is no matter what, the insurance company pays nothing. 
Right. Now, what's going to happen in this case? Is there room uh, left for a rehearing, or is the court going to reconsider this, or, or are we done in the Port Elevator case? Um, and I, I don't want to, you know, I'm not directly involved. My understanding is that it's, it's a unanimous decision. It's unlikely to get fixed by this current Supreme Court. Okay. Uh, is this something, then, that folks ought to be looking to a legislative fix? Uh, would that work if we were able to convince our legislators that something horrible just happened? Yeah, I mean, there's there's always hope. We have another session coming up in January that, you know, what happens in the compensation system in Texas is just so extreme. The American Bar Journal had a really good article on it. Yes, they did. Highlighting it yes, uh, did. Uh, last fall, and, and it's shown that it's so far out of whack, so far out of balance, that there's always hope that, that folks in the legislature will say, you know what, it doesn't matter how profitable this line of insurance is. It doesn't matter... Um, how much more profitable it gets. It doesn't matter how big some of these insurance companies are. We need to make it more balanced for injured workers and their families. Yeah, and that seems to be the thing here. And, and you know, last week we visited with uh, Alex Winslow over at Texas Watch regarding a report that came out about the Supreme Court siding uh, with uh, big companies and in insurance against consumers in almost 80% of cases over a decade. And this seems to me to be, this, even though this didn't fall within the time range of the report, this Port Elevator versus Casados case seems to me to be an extension of that type of opinion. Would you agree with that? Well, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I didn't compile the numbers, but I think they speak for themselves. Yeah, clearly. Yeah, you're probably right. Now, listen. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, in this case, the the, the big employer, Port Elevator, isn't affected. Texas Mutual Insurance gets a windfall, and the Casados family loses a loved one without any recourse, even after a jury found Port Elevator responsible for his death. Now, as a parting comment, Mike, after the ruling in Port Elevator came out, one consumer advocacy organization wrote that as a result of this ruling, workers' lives are cheapened and the lack of accountability engendered by the court's opinion will only further endanger workers across our state. Mike, accurate or not accurate? It doesn't get any cheaper for an insurance company than paying nothing. Well, I can understand that. And, and by the way, the flip side would, would have me wonder, is that income to them or is that just a denial of a claim? You it's know, money they get to hang on to that they're, they're using for all kinds of purposes besides taking care of injured workers. You are so right. Mike, thank you for joining us today. We sure appreciate it. Thank you very much for the opportunity, White. You're welcome. We've been speaking with Mike Doyle, a Houston attorney and a partner at the law firm of Doyle Raisner, where he represents injured people in their claims against bad faith practices of insurance companies uh, with a specific focus on workers' compensation insurance and maritime injury law. Now, folks, this is something that we've talked about before, and the reason we're coming back to it uh, in the workers' compensation arena is because this is so very important to a large segment of Texans. Being an employee covers just about everybody in Texas. Most people are employees. And to understand that these dangers are out there every single day are things that we can never, never, never lose sight of. Uh, and in Texas, if, if you're an employee, you ought to be calling your legislator right now and saying, hey, guys, this isn't right. Do something. Let's get it fixed, and let's get it fixed now. We're going to have to wrap up this show, but as you go through your week, remember that it was Justice Learned Hand who so famously said, if we're to keep our democracy, there must be one commandment, thou shalt not ration justice. Have a good day, everybody. We're going to talk again next week. Join us on the web, www.wyattwrightshow.com. Talk to you next week. Justice for all, the Wyatt Wright Show. Fight, fight.